Minus 3 with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello sports fans. Welcome to Minus 3 presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Do your pals here at Minus 3 a favor. Bet along with us or if you choose, you can fade us. That's your right. Do so at FanDuel.com slash Minus 3. The word minus the number 3. And of course, while I got your ear and I'm pushing this, that and the other, it's time to remind you to make sure you're listening to everything on the Extra Points Network from the Extra Points program to against all odds to Megan fun of sports lemon pepper parlay waiver wire and so on make sure you're checking out all the good stuff we're here for you all the way through the NBA finals the Stanley Cup final March Madness we'll still see about baseball um we're taking it easy this week on Thursday we're going to do a best of show for you and we have Kevin Hench coming up Um, in just a second here to settle some hash. And Eddie Spaghetti, we have the NBA All-Star game now in the rearview mirror, and the Warriors emerge right alongside the Suns as your twin favorites to get to the finals out of the West. Who do you like? Make a pick for us here, Spaghetti. It's it's funny that the Lakers are still hanging around at plus 1,400. I guess uh, a talented roster goes a long way, but I don't see them getting there. I don't see the Nugs, not the Grizz, anybody else. It is a three-team race to me, the Jazz, the Suns, or the Warriors. Who you got there? Uh, I'm going to – I part of me still wants to take the Nets. Uh, if they're all healthy, they're all playing together. I mean, people like to make fun of Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons I think fits the team a lot better than James Harden. Does anyone that watches basketball could could obviously tell that. Obviously, the other issue is you're only not getting Kyrie in enough games, but maybe in a weird way that's good for them if he's healthy and rested. And obviously when KD comes back, you could make the argument that he's the best player in basketball. I, I, they're plus 600 to, to win it. I still kind of like that. If you want to get somebody with a little bit better odds, cause you're not going to really win as much with the Warriors and Suns at plus 460. Um, the Bucks still lingering at plus 552. You could argue that Giannis is uh, a top two player, but I, I, I do like the Nets uh, as, as a Knicks fan. It pains me to say this, but I, I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see them, the, those three guys play together. Yeah, the Bucks are fun at plus 260. That's kind of juicy for a team that, uh, you know, is is intact and not in transition like the teams that are trying to catch up to them. The Celtics have great value at plus 1100. Um, Nets and Sixers, super fun. Let's just make sure we get uh, those two teams hooking up in uh, in the playoffs at some point there and uh, in the West. Like I say, you got the Warriors and Suns and the Jazz there, plus 500. Maybe you put a little something on Utah to get there. Um, You know what? The Warriors, I don't think are it. I think the Suns, you know, I hate when people do the completely unimaginative thing of saying they're going to just run back what the finals were, were last year. But I kind of, at this point in the late stages of the regular season, I do think that maybe we do see a repeat of what we saw Last summertime, I think the Bucks and uh, and the War and the uh, Suns is a, is a nice uh, bet to make there, and you can do that at FanDuel Sportsbook, FanDuel.com slash minus three. And now, you know, it's weird for there. There, it's a conversation I've wanted to have, and we've pushed it aside because we're picking games every week. But it is for any number of reasons. As you hear, Deshaun Watson wants to go here, there, and everywhere. It does call into question. Who are we rooting for and how do we reconcile rooting for it? Let's bring on our pal Kevin Hench to talk about that and maybe some other stuff too right now. Answer this, Hench. Here's the big conundrum for 21st century sports fans because in 1970, for better or worse, we didn't really know, or at least, I mean, I guess I wasn't around, so how would I know? But I, I have the sense that nobody knew Mickey Mantle loved, loved booze. Now, I don't think the casual fan knew that he was hungover when you were watching your hero at Yankee Stadium. And I, I don't pick Mickey Mantle because he's the most infamous of, of boozy guys, I guess, from that era. Jim Brown lionized, of course. No, unironically, Jim Brown's birthday this uh, last week, Jim Brown once threw a woman off a balcony and yet people unironically just praise him as, as, as a godlike figure while they impugn the human but, errors of other people. But, but, but. but unlike Stafford, he actually watched until she hit the ground. Touche. Look at you, always with the silver lining. That's the most insane clip I've ever seen. You're not curious. You're not curious. 
I, what just, I can't, I still don't understand it. And like, I also it, don't understand like why that's being passed around as a high five to Matt Stafford. Oh, I don't think it is. I think he's catching it. I mean, it was so Marie Antoinette. It was crazy. Right in front of him, he says, I, I haven't the time to indulge that person's problems. I'm celebrating. Don't you Fracture his spine, too. I know. I don't know if, if you know this story, but like it's, it's sort of famous. Um, a, a woman named Kitty Genovese was brutally murdered in New York. Now, the details, this is, this is a ancient history, but like, I don't know, 50s. Um, and then, but the story is that all her neighbors heard the screams and the idea was like, don't get involved. Don't get involved. Nobody, nobody calls the cops. Nobody, because it's like, just, just keep your head down. Keep your nose clean. Don't get involved. Like, Kitty Genovese just fell off the stage and Matthew Stafford is wandering to his next photo op. Like, I, it was, now, you know, I do think, and we've talked about this, it is effective for your quarterback to be a little on the spectrum, right? For your quarterback <laughs> to be more interested in watching game film than human emotion and human beings and like being with the family, whatever. Like, so maybe that was a, a bit of a litmus test for Matthew Stafford's own place on the spectrum because no concern, zero. It, zero. Was, it was really weird. It really I mean, was we a bad look. Having every single one of us, um, you know, it, it just, you know, reached out and just grabbed somebody like the light hasn't changed yet. Like, especially when you, they get into that herd mentality in New York and the, and the one guy will cross against track. Like the light hasn't changed, but the woman on her phone is like, Oh, I guess we're all going. It's like, no, that guy sprinted in front of a cab. I'm going to grab you because you're about to walk in front of a, a cab. And I get Matt, I guess Matt Stafford just goes, Oh, Jesus. Good luck. Good luck. Right? <laughs> he get hit by a cab. And Don't he work. really, it's, it is, it's especially Still a hall of famer. Still a hall of famer. It's especially bad because there were there were only three other people at the entire parade. So there weren't that many other people to step in and, and help the poor woman out. All right. Deshaun Watson. We're, we now live in a world where Deshaun Watson is and his people are floating out there like here are the places Deshaun's willing to go. This is the most um, not the most bizarre, but this is a this really is crazy. like last time we saw him. A year plus ago, he's everybody understood one of the top five at the most important position in sports. And then a year later, we don't really understand what's going on with the legal stuff and everything else. Whatever, wherever he lands, you know, there's gonna there's gonna be a little bit of a stain on him and 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 the franchise that willfully goes and gets him. I heard a lot over the last 10 years from you and otherwise about Ben Roethlisberger. How can you root for that, for that guy? How can you root for that team? I can push back and have about Bill Belichick. I mean, Bill Belichick was just seen watching the Super Bowl at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, if that matters to you, political views. So should that matter in how you root for a player? Um, you know, the Patriots did have a guy who was killing people at one point, and I, I, they punted him, I guess, to their credit when they found that out. But Aaron Rodgers, political, adjacent views. And then that brings up Woody Allen and whether or not you should still watch his movies and Michael Jackson and whether or not you should still watch, listen to his music and all that. Where do you come down on this? How do you rationalize it, Hench? Ooh. What's your message for the world at large who may be grappling spiritually with these decisions, which, of course, you do have to work backwards from, like, while well, I, I love the brand before I loved the individual who has tarnished it, but, yeah, go ahead. Speak. Okay, well, good. it's good that we're chopping this into two because, I got obviously, this is blue sky. I've got a lot of thoughts on this. First of all, uh, you know, we all kind of did – we got back into our Beatles phase – with the documentary, right? Where, you know, we're, we're like listening with our kids, Beatles are evergreen. And I was listening to their cover of rock and roll music. And the lyrics to rock and roll music are, um, he's saying it's gotta be rock and roll music. If you want to dance with me, if you want to dance with me, it's gotta be rock and roll music. And I'm like, wait, were guys allowed to set parameters for the terms you'll, 
I'll dance with you, lady, under these conditions. Like, I never understood. I just thought we got mustered all our courage, walked across the gym, you know, and, and asked Lori Hubbard to dance and prayed. She said, yes, we weren't going to go, oh, sorry, sorry, wrong song, wrong genre. I'll get you next time. So this idea that Deshaun Watson has demands, Deshaun Watson has places like, <laughs> wow, maybe he and Michelle Tafoya should get together. I've got some demands. I, I can't believe for real, and I've said this for six months, after that comes out about Watson, I assume like he's a little ashamed, but within the next week, he's kind of like, hey, Texans, you know, all that, like I'll never play for you again stuff. I, I didn't mean it. Let's just make this all right. Let's fix it. Like that he still is not willing that it's that it that he doesn't with yeah uh, that that now that he's not at this point that they've moved on, they're a year removed, that it's not clear, like, okay, I'm back. Congratulations, Texans fan. I'm staying home. Which which speaks to the pathology that leads to the behavior, right? So this yeah, right. is a this is a mental illness, this is a narcissism. And when you think about someone like Deshaun Watson and you're like, you know, when was the last time someone said no? Like Deshaun Watson is like, I've just been a superstar since Pop Warner. I've been the guy uh, through my national championship at Clemson, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now extrapolate and think when the last time someone said no to Robert Kraft was or Jerry Jones or Daniel Snyder. Like, so if you look at these sociopaths that are 27 years old, imagine what the 70 year old who hasn't been said no to since Dwight Eisenhower was president. Like these guys are monsters beyond. So odds are your team is owned by a monster and, and and then you have to reconcile that um, to get to your question. I had a recent example of this and I know we're going to we're going to talk a little soccer tomorrow but so my English Premier League soccer team was Newcastle United and there was a sort of a complicated backstory about how I chose that team and it was hard rooting for them they're not very good they were bought by the guy who sawed up Jamal Khashoggi at the Turkish embassy so the Saudi wealth fund buys Newcastle United and I'm like that's a no-go. That's a no-go for me. And I'm assuming there's going to be protests in the streets of Newcastle where these good, hardworking Geordies are not going to take the brutal dictator. We don't want your blood money, Mohammed bin Bone Saw Man. Go fuck yourself. Nope, not a, not a peep of protest. They were like, we're going to have money. We're going to have all that oil money to buy players. This is the greatest day in Newcastle United history. Not a peep of protest. Now I'm like, well, I guess my adopted English Premier League team is not that important to me. So I can take the high road. Like I can, I can be moral when it comes to a team I quite frankly don't care that much about and isn't very good historically. Now, when the Patriots give me the same problem, um, you know, it's a little trickier. I'm more like Aaron Hernandez misunderstood. You know, I'm like, I'm like, it's like, it's so crying. I know you do it with Roethlisberger too. Like it really, so your question is, it's like, how much do you irrationally love your team? And, and therefore the formula is how much immoral behavior will you apologize for so that you don't have to break up with this team that's been a huge part of your life. And, you know, I remember uh, like the triple whammy of like the, the, the MAGA hat and the and the letter and, you know, between Belichick, Kraft and and Brady all loving Trump. And by the way, Belichick refuses the Medal of Freedom right after right after January 6th. Yeah, I can't be seen with you because you're a monster who tried to destroy democracy in America. Let's just give it a few months, boss. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I guess I'd have more respect if you took the Medal of Freedom. Well, what about that, though? Let's so okay. Now there are hardcore felonies, so it's inexcusable. And like I say, the Patriots. It's not like they were like, let's see if if Aaron can reform his ways and 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 get right uh, this next year. They they kicked him to the curb. But okay, their political views, and that is that's a turnoff to some people. And in sports, in football, 
you're going to find that most of the players or a lot of the players and certainly most of the owners lean to the right where Kevin Hench definitely leans to the left. So are you stipulating that I'm, I, I understand I am deluding myself to watch this and, well, and to set all, that aside all, or how all, do you, how do you make, how do you do the math? First of all, if you, if you, have you ever built anything, Sheck? I know it's kind of a rhetorical question, but have you ever built anything where you, you, you bet your where ass you, I have. Where you used a level? You used a level? Sure. Yeah, right. yeah I know you, you, you're laughing up, but, but let me tell you something. Listen. Uh, so, my, so, my, Mike hey, Zubasic, hey, Mo Damashek's father, toiling in the steel mills in Aliquippa, knew how to swing a hammer, and he passed it on to me. Shame the doubt. You're out, you're out overmatched here, Hedge. Okay. Careful so, with yourself. I know so how to build. You know, I know how to drive a nail. You got to get that little bubble between those two lines. What's this now? That no, you, yeah. That's how you know your shelf is level because the bubbles between the two lines. Like, I am mathematically, like, I am so in the middle. I could do 25 minutes right now about Nicole Hannah-Jones and the 1619 Project. Nobody would give a shit, but, you know, some some woke out there would, would go, you're a part of the neoliberal, you're a neoliberal monster white supremacist. I'm like, I'm not that left. I hate fascism and I hate Maoism. So fucking like this idea that if you're in the middle, if you believe in democracy, if you believe in voting rights, then the fascists hate you. You're a problem. And like if you believe that white supremacy doesn't have to be exaggerated in a New York Times project, then you're a white supremacist. These are the fucking we are in the Star Wars trash compactor and the fucking walls are closing in on the handful of sane people left in America. And by the way, Rogan knows what he's doing. He's like, I talked about how important vaccines were. And I know, and I know they're really good. The efficacy of vaccines is crucial to our, to our public health. And I'm not part of the conversation when I say that. So I'll just completely contradict myself and immediately dominate the national conversation for two weeks. Like, it's like, so, I mean, here I am in the middle I know everything's about heat. You got to have heat. You got to, you know, Facebook wants to divide us. And it's like, well, but I here's mean, the problem. Here's the problem, though, with that. And I, and by the way, I'm pretty close to absolute where free speech is concerned. I, I and I say that and it sounds like I'm being snarky, but I but I really do like that people are fully allowed to embarrass themselves with their terrible opinions. I like that. I, I want to hear that. So I know who you are. Um the issue is that when your microphone's loud enough, there are the recipients in, in our in our ever dimmer society, the people who are hearing the message believe it is fact. And so blank, I, I don't even want to say which which side or whatever, but there are some obvious liars out there with large microphones who well, they're in sports too. I, I a, a hot take that I will throw out there for you is pardon the interruption, you know. Obviously, well-intentioned, two guys debate back and forth sports. But that's set up when you know that the two guys don't necessarily always disagree, but they'll say, one says, I'll take this side, you take that side. I think it perpetuates the notion of binary conversation about everything and being fast and loose with what you believe and sacrificing that for the quality of the take. And I think it does legitimately inform when you see that work and there is a connection. There's the Venn diagram, the intersection on the Venn diagram of people who love sports. Also, you know, they they are like I say, tend to skew to the right. And so I think there is some seduction involved in believing the the, the people saying the things don't believe it, but the, the recipients accept it as cold hard fact and. To some degree, that's how we landed here. I'm not saying part, Tony Kornheiser is responsible, but my my belief in free speech, the loophole in it is where you where you draw the line is fascism, because of course fascism undoes democracy, which undoes free speech, and so that takes us out of it. And that's the only thing that you have to accept from free speech is anybody perpetuating or attempting to uh, to uh, make us a fascist society. Anyway, continue. But I I, I do well, think- I guess I would say a couple things. One, if if you mean spaghetti had to go into a lab and come up with a group of people that we would like to take out of the gene pool, how about people who get their medical advice from Joe Rogan and Tucker Carlson? Like, I'm like, well, this is great. I'm like, yeah, 
preach, brother, preach, preach. Fantastic. Um, but to the, to the, so to the sports fan thing, I think I actually believe that sports fans, I mean, the owners are, are, you know, almost uniformly conservative, but I think sports fans are less conservative than they're portrayed. Like, yes, there has been all this sports talk radio, Clay Travis, you know, they've been like, uh, we're supposed to be conservative, right? We're supposed to like this. This is what gets you into the club is saying these kind of like, these edgy things. But I feel like, um, look, right off the bat, like if you're if you're following football, like you hopefully don't hate black people. Like, I, I you know, it's like I feel like sports is sports fans are more liberal than most sports talk radio thinks they are. And I don't know, like, you know, I, I, it's sort of sad to me that you you see those takes. I mean, look, I worked with Jim Rome and we would we would do the the pre-interview would be like, hey, man, uh, how do you feel about the D.H.? Uh, I like it. Um, would you mind not liking it for this segment? We, we have to create it's, it's got to be heat. You got to have heat. And the person would go, hey, no problem. No problem. You know, <laughs> I, it's like it's just like, OK, we want to have a good segment. So, yeah, to your point. All we want is that Facebook thin slicing of you're over here and I'm over here and we're just going to argue and fight, which is just, you know, it's it's I mean, it's almost boring at this point, you know, to watch this tennis match of the ball flying back and forth in front of the same middle. And I would say, you know, most of the country ranges between Mitt Romney and Joe Biden. Like, I think most people are center right to center left. And I don't know why we get dominated by the fucking assholes that flank us on either side. I, yeah, I, I hear you about that. And where it applies to sports, I guess there's sort of a paradox there. Because I always think about in major league, I, when I think of sports fandom and the connection that it creates locally for, for people, is in major league when... Uh, uh, Tom Berenger, you know, bunts the ball and they win or whatever the sequence or the home run by Serrano or whatever that the, the punk rock guy hugs the, the steel working looking guy in the bar. They like, look at each other and like, I can't believe we're hugging. Ah, oh, let's hug anyway. This is great. Look at the, look what sports does for us. And at it's best. That's exactly right. Saccharin or, or otherwise, that's exactly what sports does. We rally around and we're delusional. We're grown up people. And we pretend like the 23 year old guy who got drafted from Alabama gives a crap about Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, as much as we do. And, and how the sports team does. It's obviously much more transactional for that guy than than it is for us where it's died in the wool. And so what is an apparent paradox is um that we're willing to um that that will sacrifice that we're worried that we're going to sacrifice those moments if we allow Colin Kaepernick to take a knee and that is what sports lords over us is the reaction to freedom for the at the player level but, uh, you know, Colin Kaepernick, shame the devil that he took a, uh, took a knee. And when people start pushing back, this is going to impact our game. That's when it, ra- it it's not a moral stance so much as it is. I think deep down what it's a fear of is like, just don't mess with our sports, please. Like if you start letting all college, uh, all high school kids go pro, that's going to disrupt our, the game as we know it. If you start paying college football players money, it's going to disrupt what I feel is optimal uh, college football season. And I think that's the cloud that hangs over sports fans' heads. And so I well, I, I guess it does. Well, I, I, so, so the delusion, so it's a delusion. So you sign off on the idea that you basically have to subvert all that stuff and maybe it would be better. I mean, whoever decided that, you know, it's important, I guess, to know about Ted Kennedy and what he's up to, you know, behind the scenes in Chappaquiddick and all that, that's news. Is it news to know about, uh, you know, if it's steroids, then that is news because it's impacting quality of play. But at some point early in this millennium, somebody decided we need to know more about these guys. And I and, and I do want, you know, I'm not saying that 
I, I guess I'm asking to be delu- to to not know everything that uh, we know about these. Yeah, things. I mean, look, we do it every day, right? So, like, you and I are both fans of either either Lacroix or Lacroix, depending upon right. how you pronounce it. We love it, you know. Still waiting. What on- flavor are you drinking today? This is this apricot. Still waiting on our. So now you and I, like, we don't have the wherewithal or the energy or the time because we have kids to do a deep dive on every corporation we consume, right? Like, you know, like. So you just kind of blithely go, I like the product. Can I enjoy the product? I love the NFL. It's, it's, it's my religion. Can I enjoy the product? Sure. Um, I know you want to stay in the dark, but but we're going to report on a few things. Oh, please don't. Please, God, please don't tell me that my delicious apricot LaCroix is, is being made in Senegal by slave labor. Like, I don't want to know. And with the NFL... Obviously, we've gotten to a point where, you know, it's business. They're in the business of business. Calvin Coolidge said the business of government should be business. So those are all businessmen who think the government should be pro-business. You know, ipso facto, they're all Republicans. Um, You know, so so we don't want to know that. We just want to enjoy the games. Then, uh, you know, someone like a figure like Trump, like forces. This is not Tom Brady likes Mitt Romney. Tom Brady doesn't even know what he's saying when he says, I like Donald Trump, right? So now we're like, oh shit, now I'm knowing way more about this product than I want to. And as like, as these bad guys conduct their bad behavior. So we're like, why does Beth Wilkinson have to do an oral report on, on the Washington football team? Why can't she put this in writing? Because everything's great over there. Because because Snyder's not a monster because these pictures were not emailed to every other owner. Then you're because I'm like, when are they going to cut Snyder loose? Like, why are the other owners not going like, hey, Raj, we got to get rid of this fucking guy. It's like, oh, because they're bad guys who have probably participated in some kind of bad behavior. They don't want a deep forensic accounting of their email account. And then this cowboy story comes out where you're like, hey, man, we did an internal investigation. Everything's cool. Everything's cool with the guy in in the cheerleaders locker room, just accidentally stumbled into the cheerleaders locker room. You're like, huh, that's weird. Everything was cool, but you wrote a $2.4 million check and then you put it in his file. You put a warning in his file. What did the warning say? That thing you didn't do, don't ever do that thing you didn't do again. Like, it's like, it's obvious. So then immediately I'm like, oh, okay, well, this might explain why uh, Jera is not leading the call to get rid of Daniel Snyder. Like, it's just like, it's, so now we are definitely at a point where the, the autopsy, it's, it's, it's so lurid. Like, we just don't want, you know, can we go back? Can we not know? Um, I mean, it, it's, it's rough, but like the, the people that provide this incredible product for us are not great. That said, they are about to be out eviled by the baseball owners. It's impossible. That's true. That's true. And, right. And by the way, I don't know how this factors in, but when they had a chance to let Trump into their club, they said no. And they said no a couple of times at least when he wanted into to that club. So I, what, how we reconcile that is interesting too. Um Anyway, all right, good stuff. I guess we don't have any answers on this ultimately. I just no, am intrigued I mean, because because answers- I, I think because I it has to do with like I say about officiating to to uh, uh, you know as I say uh, officiate the reason I think that they are that the NFL as an example can get away with less than perfect officiating is because half the audience is happy that the call got blown, right? I think that's what it is, and nobody is incented like. If you're a Patriots fan, you you want to excuse whatever you want to excuse because you don't want to mess with your with your favorite team. You don't want anything to disrupt your favorite well, team. I mean, it's, so it's you like defend it. You go, you basically go product by product. You know, somebody you go, okay. Somebody says, hey, uh, you know, Coca Cola is doing some some bad stuff. And you're like, uh, okay, no problem. I'll, I'll continue my 50 year boycott of Coke. No skin off my ass. Okay. <laughs> That's basically you know, right, it, right? right? Right. Then you go, um, hey, uh, you know that iPhone you have? Like uh, children in Afghanistan are dying to get those minerals. Uh, yeah, but I, I'd have to program a new, f- 
yeah, I I'm not going to the, another store to get the other, you know, the and other then, one. And then it's like, Hey man, uh, Ted Nugent is a really bad guy. Okay. That's it. No more Ted Nugent. <laughs> I'm here, man. I'm part of the solution. I, I am a, uh, no, no more cat scratch fever for me. Wango Tango is out. Again, no skin off my ass. They go, Hey man, you might not want to watch your uh, new England Patriots. Yikes. Okay, that's a bridge too far. Um, so I guess we're just going to reconcile ourselves to, you know, rooting for monsters. Um, you know, and and even I drew the line at Aaron Hernandez, although it really, we really needed, <laughs> we really needed his production. We had some difficult email chains around uh, around all that, if you'll recall. Well, it, some you of know, it was, it was rough as because, you know, people probably figured out that like, our normal email chains are like, you know, your guy's the worst guy in the world. And then, you know, it's like, I, I believe the term is forced oral copulation. And then you're like, uh, well, your guys are bad. And we're like, they're not as bad as your guy. Then it's like, uh, Hernandez gets up to his, and you're like, oh shit, our guy. But just such an idiotic conversation anyway. Like these guys reflect us personally. Like, well, that's what I'm at. I guess that's the root of it. That what we can distance ourselves when it's convenient for. You'll remember somebody said to me, I, they questioned, like, how can you root for a team that has that guy as the quarterback? And my response that ended the conversation was, you have a literal ser serial killer on your team. <laughs> but there's a, you can't really get up on Mount Pius about any of my choices of who I root for. Um, but now, I, your guys' victims were going to lead productive lives before that trauma, who did my guy kill? Really? <laughs> I don't, I, I don't have the information. It's so All right, here's, now here's it's the other so thing. Here, here's to, 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 to hypocrisy. What it all goes back to is right. Hypocrisy. What's convenient for, for the individual us. Uh, and then we can moralize, get up on Mount Pius about the choices that everybody else makes. Um, but also that, it requires a child's worldview. You have to delude yourself. You know better by the age of 14 that, all right, this guy's a shitbag. I really shouldn't root for him. But if it means my team winning, you kind of will be fast and loose with your, your sense of morality around that. But speaking of being a child, it doesn't matter what happens, what I'm working on. I have a couple of things I'm trying to write. And a, a, a couple of days ago, some rando chimes in because somebody from PFF said there should be a line drawn among 21st century quarterbacks. The best are unquestionably. The thing that got me is the use of adverbs to replace actual fact-based conversation. That, that, that bugs me. Unquestionably, the best quarterbacks are Brady, Peyton, Rodgers, and Brees. And then there's a line to which, of course, I bristle as a Steelers fan. So I say, unquestionably. What I mean, unquestionably, Drew Brees is better than Ben Roethlisberger. And then a bunch of randos start chiming in who are Saints lovers, of course. But there's no conversation. Drew Brees is obviously better than Ben Roethlisberger. Well, now I have to. Now I I, I can't say no. I, you, I can't resist the temptation. Weigh in here, Hench, on, on a uh, much more important conversation. Drew Brees or Ben Roethlisberger. Let's have it out. Two of the. 10 or 12 best of the Super Bowl era. Well, this is, a great, this is a great kind of defining formula, right? Because um, do, are you looking for raw regular season numbers? So it's like if we're just saying who's the who's the better regular season quarterback, uh, Drew Brees. Are you looking for twice as many rings, right? 100% more rings. So that you say, if you say, Okay, Drew Brees, because Roethlisberger's raw numbers are are pretty eye popping too. When you look at his totals, Maybe right? That's a, that, when you know. when people make the argument, it's like Drew Brees. Don't you know where he stands? Like, where do you think Roethlisberger? He's not down in the low twenties or anything. He's he's in the top five or six too. So I would say so. It's like so you create a formula. You go okay. So like you, I feel like the the biggest games, the biggest stages have to count more. And I obviously cited sevens 22.6 quarterback rating against the Seahawks many times um which of not, course which of course they don't play in that Super Bowl if he isn't the best offensive player okay. for the Steelers so, okay. in the three preceding so let's rounds say but okay if you look at their regular season numbers which 
Drew Brees accomplished in perfect weather every week, you know, right? I mean, like Drew Brees is playing his career on the fast indoor track while, while Roethlisberger is playing November and December in the, in the muck and the mire, which has to be factored in. So, but even if you say, okay, Brees uh, scores a hundred on his regular season performance and Roethlisberger scores at 88. So Brees goes into the playoffs with an advantage. But then when you look at all those Saints teams um, producing one world championship because of Tracy Porter's pick six against the other guy in the conversation, Peyton Manning, and then as opposed to seven, I think you you have a bigger than 12-point gap between seven's postseason performance and Breeze's. So I would go Roethlisberger. I like that. I appreciate that on behalf of uh, Steelers. But a scumbag. All right. Well, that was, uh, you know what? My my pushback, Drew Brees. What a guy. What a, as if he did. <laughs> well, listen. I mean, he's brought. More they're all they're all arrogant, of course. Listen, you They've been cheered for twenty you years and are multi-million. Brees. You may not have liked Drew Brees when he was a player. But he brings on Michelle Tafoya, razor sharp analysis to the booth, to the studio. Oh my God, this guy has insights. He's he's going to coach us up um, real quick, though. You know, because this is kind of an ongoing thing. Uh, so, you know, and obviously Clay Travis, you know, believes what he says. I mean, he's he's that bad a guy. But basically, it's like, hey, uh, if you say these things, you're going to make this much money. You're, you're going to be the guy. You're going to be, you're, you're, you know, if you're willing to say these reprehensible things, then you'll, you'll be the guy. And I, I'm watching Dope Sick and I watched the, um, the uh, documentary Crime of the Century. So basically, you know, the Sackler family, different, different degrees of culpability, but it's like uh, we're going to put something horrible into the, into the culture, into the country. We're going to do a lot of damage and we're going to make a lot of money. So what Clay Travis does is he's like, I'm going to put a lot of terrible shit into the culture. That's my vibe because it makes me more money than being like a sober centrist who's just like a solid uh, reporter or, or a broadcaster, you know. So it pays to be evil. And I guess, you know, I mean, I'm lucky, obviously, that, that, that I, can, I can talk about football as a lark. But I don't, you know, if it were my livelihood, I don't think I could be seduced into saying the shit Clay Travis says. I mean, Clay Travis literally raging when when the ES when ESPN promotes um, Nasib's, you know, coming out. Right. This just drives Clay Travis crazy because he knows he's got to feed his base the red meat constantly. Um, well, but then that's uh, that's your earlier point about the free market decides. The fr- it, it, ideas are like, I guess, any other commodity, and if people are buying them, and that's the issue. It's not the purveyor of them; it's that the the percentage of people in in our society that buy them, and I know, accept them, is, and embrace them. That's and, the, and, and I'm with you on the on the First Amendment absolutism. The problem isn't what Rogan says; it's it's the appetite for what he says. Um, and, and I mean, and obviously like somebody who talks that much for a living has said some worthwhile things too, but it's like, he's, you know, so he's just, he's just saying what he says. And that, but the problem is this, this darkness, I don't know how much it's been accelerated by Facebook. Um, but it does, it does seem dire, you know, that you, that the only way to, you know, Nicole Hannah Jones now, you know, I'm sure she has a huge honorarium, not because her reporting on the 1619 project was excellent, but because it was bad enough to make her controversial, to make the, you know, the, the regents of the University of North Carolina want to deny her tenure. So now she's a celebrity. She's profiled in Vanity Fair. So now she has money because she was more woke than thou, erroneously. And then, you know, Clay Travis on the other side doing his thing gets money for being, for being, you know, so, so when you, when you reward people for being out of the mainstream, the stream goes in that direction. So now the stream, so now we're, 
we thought we were in the mainstream and we're looking around and we go, where did everybody go? Interesting stuff. The great Kevin Hench, everybody. These poor, these poor listeners. <laughs> I mean, if we really wanted to hammer home how dire it is after football season ends, I think we've achieved it. <laughs> we've, we've accomplished, like, we're like, hey, we want to make a point about how desperately we need football. Uh, well, especially, that- <laughs> especially with baseball season not coming. I think we agree that we that uh, we have to maintain our delusion. I think that's uh, the the conclusion of our conversation, right? Guns and Roses, use your own delusion. <laughs> I like Something it. like that. I All right, excellent, excellent stuff uh, from Kevin Hench once again. Hey, everybody! College basketball championship season is fast approaching. As if you didn't know, there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel Sportsbook. New customers can place their first college basketball bet risk-free up to $1,000. You bet college basketball any way you want to. The same game parlay is a great way to do it. You pick the game, you pick a player prop, maybe you bet another player prop, assists or rebounds or points, so on and so forth. Jump into the action with live betting if you want or bet the big promotions like odds boosts. What you have to do to get in touch with all of those is go to FanDuel and get signed up ASA and P and make sure most importantly, you use the promo code minus three, the word minus the number three to get your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's fanduel.com slash minus three. And we'll see you in the winner's circle. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. There he goes, Spaghetti. What was your big takeaway? That he thinks Roethlisberger is better than Breeze? I'm shocked by that. I mean, I understand you're a fan and and uh, I could say the postseason success and you could argue that Breeze should have, uh, for as good as he was, regular season should have been better than the postseason. But uh, I, I think you're going to be hard pressed. Like, I know you don't care about the, ma- the majority of the public, but I don't think people would rather take Roethlisberger over Breeze. And I, their numbers, frankly, just don't even stack up. What are you talking about? Don't stack up. They have the exact he's, same pass ratings in inside and out. He Breeze has like five five thousand yard seasons compared to Roethlisberger's one. Like he has more touchdowns, more yards per game, uh, more passing yards. I mean, I, it's just he's there. It, like even look at the awards voting. Like like there was one year that uh, the rookie of the year, and then he was Pro Bowler. Breeze's awards voting, like he's always like finishing near the top and MVP, offensive player of the year, first team All Pro. I mean, because right, he's, he's a he's, but he's but that goes back to what we were just talking about with Hank. He's significantly better. He's it's not. just not it's he is i mean you can under, i understand what you're saying like you don't like people saying there's a hard line you can't cross it but uh, breeze is the better player and his career is better i i mean his career certainly wasn't better when one guy played in three super bowls in in uh 17 years and another guy played in one in 20 years i mean right. what are you talking about and, well, and it's better way, and it's better in terms of that like yes he's i mean if you only count about super bowls then then you could say that like a rex grossman or a joe flacco are better like, uh, don't go with the super cheap one of like well is trent dilfer better than dan marino you know there are exceptions you only but I, I think you're you're going too far in this on the the side of like only super matter and like we're now just saying that like if you don't win one your career is useless and i think it's unfair for a lot of great quarterbacks like a river the romo marino etc so now like breeze is being vilified for only winning one and not getting i didn't say useless i didn't say useless but i said that uh, i mean it, it obviously has to matter more than most no, other if ben, was a, if ben was a viking you wouldn't be arguing this i think you know what i would definitely argue there's no doubt given what we know about their respective careers. I'm not obviously where you get drafted and what your perceived pedigree is, is, is hard to assess. Uh, I don't know if you heard Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round, but the bodies of work, I bet you, I don't think it'd be a clean sweep, but the majority of general managers as players, I'm just talking about that. It was like this stuff about who's all pro, how many all pros, like it's a vote. People vote on that. And at some point, a, a large, a, a decent percentage of voters turned against Ben Roethlisberger for stuff that didn't have to do with football. So, and people, and Drew Brees was perceived as a lovely creature. So that roll your eyes. That's fact. I mean, how many, like how, many, how many things are going to take away that Brees accomplishes? It's, it's, I'm not it's taking like, anything away. I just, I'm not uh, taking any of it away. Me. I don't think you're going to convince a large percentage of people who or get paid to watch football or work in football. I think it's. I crazy. think that. I think that. I'm surprised by. I'm surprised that that's your that that's your conclusion that you think most 
people who know what they're talking about and everybody's allowed to have an opinion on football, it's just football, but that the people who study it and everything else that you think the conclusion is that the majority of those people think Drew Brees was a superior player, regardless of situation. And, and, you know, obviously if you said flip the two guys situation, put Brees in Pittsburgh and Heinz field and Roethlisberger in the saints with, with Sean Payton, who do you think succeeds if you make that trade? Oh, I'm not doing a what? I mean, who, what is that? That's that's what, why why Ben is still not a Steeler. Then let's do what if if Eli wasn't traded. I don't I don't like that at all. The what if thing it is what it is. The careers are finished and over with. And I if I was me, I'd rather have Drew's career. If we did a poll, I'm pretty sure that it would be majority be Drew Brees. People would rather. I'm have not talking about a poll. I, I I you know what? I like I, I I that's exactly what I think this uh, this leads to. I am going to have to on the side and maybe I'll even do it anonymously. So people don't have to publicly defend their position, but I've talked to, I've talked to a number of guys who played in the era who, and I bring this up to them and they're all like, yeah, come come on. It's Roethlisberger. You know, there's, there's people who say that again, there's, there's former players who hate other former players that are, that made the pro bowl and say they don't belong in it too. Like, again, I don't care about that. I'm, I'm looking at that. Their entire careers are both over and what they've accomplished. And Brees still has a Super Bowl compared to the two that Roethlisberger has. And I know he went to a third, but if you're going to care about the stats, the accolades, this and that, I, I, I mean, I think it's Brees' career. And I think most people that would that saw the tweet that that bothered you, I think would be like, yeah, it's fine. I agree, I agree with the tweet. I agree that Brees is closer to the upper echelon than Roethlisberger is. Roethlisberger, I think, is in the next tier. Okay. I think that's – I mean, that's – uh, I, I'd love to. I'm going to have to talk to some of the fancy pants people that uh, that you and or I know and and sort of gauge this because I may I, I I'm open to being wrong about that. That's the opinion. I bet you it's pretty close to fifty fifty. And I, I would think so. it's a. I mean, I know some of the guys you know. I'm going to ask. I know that they would say Roethlisberger. Uh, all right. Um, I mean, but I still think that the, if you, again, if you're going to j- polling the general public, I think it's going to be probably closer to 60, 65% breeze. And if you're like, if you, again, it's like asking people's opinions that may have a bias involved. It's right. Uh, it doesn't, again, it, it, we, we can't argue what they've accomplished in their careers. That's on paper. That is a stone cold fact. And I still think the breeze o- overall career, what it, his career has done is better than Ben's. I mean, all right. I mean, it's funny because, you know, obviously, well, well, here's the other way to look at it. Whose career would you rather have, Eli's or Dan Marino's? I, it's it's tough. I mean, because Marino was as good as you could have for a career. You could argue he's one right. of the most talented players ever. And I, I'm Certainly not better than Marit Bur- and, Breeze, and right? And I'm, I think a lot of people would say they would probably take uh, Dan Marino's career. Because he is just the the superior I'm player. I'm not talking about other people. I'm talking about you. I, I mean, you're asking a person who like it's the same thing as you with Big Ben. You're defending Big Ben because you're a Steelers fan. I'm, I'm not I'm asking gonna... you to defend Eli. I said, whose career would you rather have, Eddie Spaghetti? You can either have the resume of Eli Manning, two Super Bowls against you know. All right, the, I'll say this: I that. would I would take Eli over Marino, but I would take Breeze over Eli. The same way I would take Ben over Marino, but I would take Breeze. Why? Because he got the one? He at least got the one, and his stats are insane. Okay. All right. That's that's fair. I get your point. I, I'm, some people will be lost with the nuance of that, but I, I hear your point. You want one – you want at least the one I think one's trophy. nice. One's nice, and his – because if you're going – if you're comparing Marino to Breeze, like stats, whatever, but then Breeze still has the upper hand with the one, but – Reeves pretty much did it all. He checked every box and uh, like, yeah, like multiple is great and getting to three is, is great. But again, like, you know, you could say what you want about the the team makeups and this and that and the divisions and it just began, then you get in the weeds. But if you're just going based on like what they've accomplished, what's said and done, uh, it's hard for me to, Breeze has one of the more impressive resumes. Well, he definitely has one of the more impressive resumes. So does Roethlisberger. That's what it comes back to is uh, the, the diminishment of what, the one guy, I mean, you know, one's gun, one guy's gunslinging. The other guy is surgical. They're two very different kind of approaches to a, to achieve greatness in the 21st century pro football. I mean, I do think you can make a case, though, not not could, can, and I will, that 
you know, obviously you're playing out on a grass field and mud and against the Ravens and with defensive coaches and a certain philosophy. And Drew Brees throws the ball over the course of his career 2000 times more than Roethlisberger. So, of course, that equals more total yards, more raw numbers. They do have um, the same, you know, yards, uh, yards per attempt and um and that sort of thing. So however you want to measure that, the other guy was in a dome um, and an NFC that didn't have Tom Brady in it. Here's what I, here's what I will say. Roethlisberger gets to at least one more Super Bowl If Tom Brady doesn't exist. And if that happens, then you wouldn't be pushing back. You'd be like, well, the guy was in four Super Bowls. What am I going to argue? Right. Uh, I mean, potentially, if you want it, if you won three, it's hard to to push back. But but like again, like Bree should have also made another Super Bowl too. So it's like I, we're playing this what if game. It's not going to really work out for. It's not going to change anything dramatically because I could just what if Breeze as much. I'm surprised because you have the exact same tone as the Saints support the Breeze supporters do on social media, where it's like, well, it's obvious. Like about, I think yeah, it is. I really do think it is. I'm shocked See, that you I, argue, argue anything other. I think there's something wrong with Ben being in the next tier. I just think that there is a gap between what their numbers are. And uh, I think you're also – we're in an age where, like, we're talking about how many great quarterbacks there are and how, like, there some may never get, get back to a Super Bowl. And I understand Super Bowl means everything. But, like, we're, we're almost getting too close to being like, ah, like, didn't make it or didn't win it. Like, career doesn't mean as much. And I, I think, like, especially with Breeze who got one and probably should have been to another – uh, it's hard for me to to discount what he, what he's done, and I think there is a, a little bit of a gap between uh, Breeze and that group and and the other other folks who are probably the next tier down. I see. I, I see. To me, see how can't you love these conversations? I love. I could. I could do this every waking moment until football kicks back off. I love trying to figure out who belongs where and all that kind of stuff. It's the best. I. I it's uh, and it, with free agency now, what? Less what three like what two and a half three weeks away? Oh, it's so great! It's just sports, everybody. These are fun debates. We can uh, we can have more serious debates around more serious subject matter. I love yapping about all this stuff, um, and that's why we're going to do it again next week. We'll revisit uh, with Kevin Hench. We'll have new guests for you. All that we appreciate you sticking with uh, with us, even in the relative lean months, but. They're really not that lean because we got NHL, we got NBA, we got the March Madness is nigh. So much to look forward to. Maybe not baseball, but I can't have everything, I guess. Um, So for Hench, for Eddie Spaghetti, one more time, make sure you're betting along with us. FanDuel.com slash minus three is how you do it. And we'll talk to you next week. And until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.